The clock strikes upon the hour and the sun begins to fade. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is late. Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fauntleroy. I know this is a very impromptu late stream on a Saturday night, but I came across something that I wanted to talk about, and I just wanted to do it uh, immediately. Uh, just to let you guys know, the JB Font channel is also available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can catch me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4, and you can catch me on the Savvy and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. I'd like to give a shout-out and a warm thank you to all the patrons on Patreon and Coffee and all the other platforms that people send me mutual aid on. Without you guys, the lights would not be on and I would not be able to keep this going. I appreciate it very much from the top and bottom of my heart. And you can see the names of everyone that is scrolling at the bottom of the screen. If you are new to the channel, please make sure to smash down that subscribe button. Let me know that you like what you're watching to help with the algorithm, as well as click the link bell to let you know whenever I do go live, as well as hit the subscribe button and you know become a member if you wish to this channel. Thank you so much for everyone joining me this late in the evening. I know it's very impromptu, but there's something I want to talk about. So uh, nice to see some people in the chat. We have Kami John joining. Tori Lee is also here in the chat. So good to see you. Jay Leroy coming in saying another one. Yes, that's right. Another one we are talking about. Uh, something that I, I think is uh, really important to talk about. And by, by community, I mean Black community, right? And uh, there was something that it, it kind of, you know, hearing what he said, uh, Kevin Hart was asking a particular question on a podcast. And the question that he asked was very interesting because I see this question asked, or even if it's not a question, it's more of a statement that's asked all the time in the black community. And I think I have from my limited amount of knowledge and, and, and study so far within this space as to the answer to his question. Uh, I think some people are on the right track, so to speak. But I think we as a community, especially Black community, and, and anybody who's non-Black, uh, I welcome you into the space to listen as well. Because a lot of times we can also apply this to those of us who may be queer, those who of us may be neurodivergent, those of us who may be of a, uh, of a you know, community, it could be an Asian community you know, Pacific Islander. It could be us and then Latino community or Latinx as they, some people say. It could be those of us part of the community of women. It could be trans community. It could be non-binary community, but this can apply to so many different communities. So I think it is good to ask this question as well, as well as to get more of a formulation of really the, the, the answer that we're, you know, we're looking for. So, Um, it, it, it might be Leroy, it might be, you know, he says, I feel like this was the video that made me eye roll. It, it might be, but it is good to, to actually give an answer to this question. Roberto's in the chat. Saludos, saludos to you too as well. Good to see you in the chat. And if anybody is watching on Rockman, welcome as well. So I'm going to go and share my screen really quick. I think the first, like, five seconds is kind of uh, cut off because unfortunately with uh, it's on Facebook. And so it's kind of, uh, I don't know if it's going to be that large, but this is a, it's, this is an interesting question that I want people to, to hear. Um, and I had the volume on and it says uh, the art of dialogue says our culture F's it up more than anybody else. Kevin Hart on people allowing ego to ruin relationships and financial opportunities. So 
let's get into this. So let's continue. Let's go. Overcome the financial hurdles that present themselves and stay stay connected. Why can't we do that? It's called our ego. That's why you remove it. Easier said than done in some circumstances. It's actually not. In some some instances. But but when when people say that, right? When they say it's easier said than done, and the ego, the ego is is very present and dominant, mm -hmm. right? You gotta ask yourself why. Why? Why why does it matter? Why does it matter? Me and Dwayne Johnson are good friends. You know why our shit works? TJ, I don't give a fuck about titles. I don't give a fuck about number one or number two. TJ, I don't, I don't care what that thing is. Like what, dude, I love working with you. Right. You're my guy. I love you, champ. Love you too, Kev. You want to do this thing? Let's make it work. Kev, my company's producing it. You want dope. I hope you guys knock it out the park. Let me see the materials. If I can help, I can. DJ, I got something that's coming from my company. Hey, do you want me to include you? Do you guys want to co-produce? How do you want to do it? Kev, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Hope, can you sit down with me, man? I got a show. I want to talk to you. Yeah. Hey, man, I got this thing, guys, I'm doing. Chris, man, you should go. What do you think about doing New York together? Fuck it. We can co-headline it. Let's split this shit down the middle. I don't care. Fuck it, Kev. Yeah, let's do it. You think Dave will come to one of the shows? Let's ask him. Dave, what you want to do? Oh, my God, guys. It's great. There's no egos. With real success and real fucking moves, the real ones. The real ones, there's no egos. Because collabs are collabs that don't question where I stand and what I am. Right. There's nothing about the next person that's going to affect or rock my world. I know I'm Kevin Hart. I don't need you to validate it. Right. I don't need that. I have no ego. None. I got a fucking tequila. I'm not competing with Dwayne. Yeah. It's not me versus him. You bring his bottle out here, I'll be the first to hold it up. I'll be the first to support my guy while I have mine. Because there is no ego. People don't understand that there's so much room for us all. But there's this warped view that there isn't. This is now, hang on. Before I continue, right? What he said there. My thing is, is that when somebody said it's ego, right? The interesting thing to me is that. That person that said it was ego, I think they were close. They, they, they were close, but they just didn't get quite there. The fact is, is that we literally live in a system that uplifts the ego, that uplifts the side of a person that thinks that you're better than everybody else because of some, you know, thing that you're not limited to, but other people may, be, may have limitations on. Basically meaning that we live in a capitalist system that continuously perpetuates this, I'm better than the, the next person, right? That being said, it stifles the means to cooperate and collaborate to actually make things better for the entire collective. And so Kevin Hart talking about cooperation and collaboration, somebody can come up behind him and be like, well, that's socialism. That's communism. What are you talking about, man? Competition is what breeds innovation, right? So therefore, if that's the case, if competition truly bred innovation, especially among black people, then why are we still in the situation that we are in as black people? Because competition or the going at each other's throats, that whole individualistic, I got mine, you better go get yours, doesn't really work in a planet that thrives on cooperation and collaboration. We do not work in tandem with each other. We do not synchronize with each other in a natural form. Therefore, we are constantly have the boot on our necks. We constantly are behind the eight ball in progress. 
because we feel this need to constantly compete with one another instead of combining with one another, instead of collectivizing with one another in order to get ourselves to a better place. And it's because we have been following the systemic uh, oppression, the, the, following the model of the oppressor to try to get there when really it does us no good. And the thing is, is that you have people like millionaires, like Kevin Hart, asking the question, why don't we get there? Well, because we have been conditioned and propagandized and brainwashed by a very white supremacist and capitalistic structure in order to be more like them. That's why we couldn't do it. Here's the thing. Even when we did, when we actually played the capitalist game, when we started succeeding, what happened? They saw that we did. Think about what happened uh, in, in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. When we started succeeding, right? Remember Black Wall Street? And they saw it and they said, you know what? No, we have to cut it off at the, at, at the knees. And this is exactly what happened. So when Black people start to, when the disenfranchised start to succeed at capitalism, right? Then we get cut off at the knees, basically meaning because there's too many people that are doing better than the rest of us. So therefore, in order to keep ourselves at the top, we have to sabotage all the other people that can compete, which means that we have to make the system even less fair than what it is. And that's one of the issues that goes on. And so the thing is, is just, is just like what Fred Hampton said. He said, you do not fight fire with fire. You fight fire with water. You do not fight capitalism with black capitalism. You fight capitalism with socialism. The reason why that we cannot get ahead is because we keep trying to play the game of the person who has the game that's been rigged the entire time. Stop playing their game. That's the thing that a lot of us don't get it, get, don't, don't understand. And so you have a lot of black people that constantly are trying to follow the eight ball. And then we have the system where we go, oh, we gotta, we gotta hustle, we gotta grind, gotta do by this hustle culture. And the thing is, it's like, okay, so back in the day, say 15, 20 years ago, that grind, rise and grind, that hustle culture. That probably got you somewhere, but now that hustle culture is now there to just so you can just keep your head above water. And how much are we going to continue to embrace this hustle culture? How, how much are we going to continue to embrace it to realize that really the hustle culture that they want you to adopt is really just a means to continue on this hamster wheel of basically making the system more in favor for them. That's basically what it is. That's what I see. And the thing is that you have a lot of, and, and, and you have a group of men sitting here, probably a lot more well-to-do than I am, that are still trying to figure out why, why we as a culture, why we as a people have not advanced. The reason why we haven't is because we forgot our roots. Our roots were the Fannie Lou Hamers. Our, our roots were the George Jacksons. Our roots were the James Baldwins. Our roots were the Malcolm X's. Our roots were the Angela Davises, the Asada Shakurs. These were our roots, the ones that saw the system that white supremacy and that has established since its inception of this country. And we said, if this is their system and it's caused this much discord within the world, as well as within the whole of this United States, we want no part of it because it is literally killing our environment. It's killing our souls even within. So therefore, what means do we have part of it? It is a system that exacerbates the very grotesques of our nature as humans. We don't want to be a part of it. So therefore, we leave it behind. And we see and we look at other societies, namely 
at the time, we were looking at the Bolsheviks. We were looking at the, the Soviet, the Soviets, and how they were operating. We were looking at the DPRK. We were looking at Cuba. We were looking at Venezuela. We were looking at these other societies, and we were like, you know what? They're actually doing it more in a way that's more collectivist. That's actually more for the people, for the workers, for the poor. And so by that very notion, then we said, you know what? That's a better system. We're not going to do it. But then every single time we tried to push for that system, remember what the Black Panthers did? Guess what? Then the capitalist system all said, oh, hell no. No, because that means you're going you're gonna to destroy me. No, we got we to gotta get these uh, institutions that are against you. We have to ramp it up. And now look at what the Uhurus what you know, they went through with the uh, P, uh, the the African People's Party. Look at what they've gone through. Where you know they were targeted by the FBI. Uh, you know unfairly, because they were trying to go after you know Russians. So therefore, by that by that is. You know, you have these systems that are continuously trying to tamp down on those of us, especially a lot of us black people, because whenever we actually see the benefits of collectivism, of cooperation, of collaboration, and then we strive towards it, then guess what? It may not be bombing in our neighborhoods as before, because now we have, you know, camera phones and we can disseminate this information online very quickly, but they do it under the cover, under the guise of certain institutions, and then they make it look like, oh, you're a puppet or an agent of a foreign government. And that's what's going on. And so it continuously still happens. And then you also have the propaganda arm. And part of that propaganda arm is also in our media, in our entertainment. Because now we always have to keep chasing the bag and then this individualistic, I got mine, you go, you got to go get yours. And so that's what I've been noticing. And so uh, I'm going to finish this video up really quick. Warp view that it can only be one. What, why, why, why can't we ever surpass or overcome the financial hurdles that present themselves and stay stay connected. Why can't we do that? Let's go. So that basically is the question. The financial hurdles. Financial hurdles of black people is the financial hurdles of poor whites. It's the financial hurdles of poor queer people. It's the financial hurdles of poor Latinos. The financial hurdles of the poor Asian people and Pacific Islanders. It's the same thing. The thing is, is that, you know, we are tend to be the highest, you know, oppressed within this country. But at the same time, we're also tend to be the most propagandized into thinking that we can still make it. Because what do they do? What do they put in front of us? They put these models for us to follow. They'll put the Tyler Perry's, the Oprah Winfrey's. They'll put these people in front of us. They put the Jay-Z and the Beyonce's. They'll put the Kevin Hart's in front of us and they'll say, hey, look, these people made it. But what they don't tell you is that they are the exception, not the rule. Why aren't they the exception, not the rule? It's because it was never meant for you, for us as a collective to achieve that. It was never meant for all white people to achieve it either. It was never meant for all Asians or anybody of any type of minority or even part of the majority to make it. Because guess what? The system is built. It is in its very fabric to grow for a very small few. So this is why it is incumbent upon us as Black people to look for our liberation outside of the realms of capitalism, outside of the realms of this this. Comp this competitive individualistic system. This is why the United States is constantly in Africa, destabilizing regions. Africa could really be a modern day 
uh, actual Wakanda if they really wanted it to be. But the reason why it's not that is because, number one, the United States, as well as all the other Western allies in this world, constantly are starving it of its resources, stripping it of its resources for corporate uh, for corporate gain. And then they leave it destabilized. And then on top of that, they typically can place puppet dictators, puppet rulers, in order to keep things destabilized so that they can procure all the riches and the wealth that the African nation, the African earth, so abundantly has. And so they do it there too. So really, we're not alone in this. And I bet you a lot of other communities are saying the same thing because we're in the later stages of capitalism. And as capitalism goes into its later stages, then you start to see the individualism grow. You start to see people who are pushing themselves to only care about either a very small, minute circle of people or just themselves. Uh, I had shared a tweet. It didn't get that much traction. Um, but I do want to talk about it because uh, it actually was inspired by by this um, by this video. So let me find it. Uh, yeah, I found it. Okay. It would have been kind of crazy if I couldn't find my own tweet. Like, JB, what the hell, man? Gets it together. But let's go to that tweet really quick that I had posted. So let me enlarge this so that anybody who is visually slightly impaired can see for my brethren. I said, black people, quote, our problem is that we never support each other anymore. What happened to us? And I said, has it ever occurred to you that we have been so conditioned to capitalism that we are now seeing how it divides us and causes cultural and societal discord among us? And so that's the point, is that it has been a cause of division. And the crazy part is we have been told this constantly by a lot of our revolutionary ancestors who have been trying to tell us that we need to leave the system alone and push for our own liberation. And by pushing for our own liberation, we will be also assisting in the liberation of everybody else as well. But they also, the oligarchs and the corporate overlords knew that. And so what did they do? Well, they pushed it within our communities as well. Look at the music and the movies, look at the TV and the di different lines of thought. You know what I mean? It's not, without, it goes without saying that we literally have a Kevin Samuels who's basically uh, a white Jordan Peterson I'm sorry, a black uh, Kevin Samuels is black, basically a black Jordan Peterson in the black media sphere, right? The manosphere, yeah, he's basically just a black, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson. And now you have a lot of young black men, especially that are listening to people like him. You have people that are constantly reading books on, oh, this is how you become a millionaire. Uh, you go to bed at 11 o'clock in the morning at, at night and you wake up at four o'clock in the morning and you have to read so many books and blah, blah, blah. And you, you know, you have to, you know, learn how to use public speaking and all this other stuff. And the thing is like, it's like, wait a minute, why do you have to do all this in order to have a decent life as somebody who works as a laborer? You should not have to suffer because you don't earn a living. You should not have to suffer because of, of being somebody who's just a worker. You should be earning a living wage because you literally are laboring 
for work. And so that's one of the reasons why I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about, because I think a lot of us are so into chasing the bag because we're taught that that's the only way we can actually truly achieve a personal salvation, a personal liberation. And the thing is that liberation will never be personal because here's the thing. You'll never truly sleep well at night knowing that your fellow man doesn't have a place to live. You're never going to truly sleep well at night knowing that your fellow person, your fellow human being doesn't have enough food to eat. You're never going to truly sleep well at night knowing that your fellow human being doesn't have a living wage or they can acquire a good education without the financial barriers placed before us. You're never going to sleep well at night knowing that we are going abroad and extracting resources from other countries that disenfranchise people. And then we leave them uh, battered, beaten, bruised, and broken from the, the perils of war. Those of us that actually have an ethical mind, those of us that aren't sociopaths, at least. So, yeah. To answer the question, first of all, we're brainwashed. Black people are brainwashed, yes, in order to think that you know, all we have to do is do for just our individualistic selves. And that's it. Or once in a while, we give back to the community a little bit. Once in a while, we once in a while, we reach back to the hood. And then we we, we throw a little coin their way. But we have to get out of there because we have to get out of that mentality. thing is they've had us in this for far too long and then they make us think about people who are like the black panthers as just a bunch of ultra left nut jobs or or extremists when really they were the ones that had it right the entire time a lot of us will wear a malcolm x shirt a lot of us will quote malcolm x but we really just don't get the revolutionary discipline that he was trying to impart to us. A lot of us will sit there and quote Martin Luther King Jr. And we claim him because he's one of our own. But yet we don't even realize that he never pushed that chasing the bag. He pushed for economic equality among all, especially the poor and working people. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the chat really quick. Guacamole Kid says, the deep state and shadow government use shadowy organizations such as the Senior Executive Services, SES, in order to systematically subvert, paralyze, and para, uh, parasitize the Constitutional Republic. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, Leroy said, yep, that's the video. Welch's Grape, so good to see you. CBC Voter is also in the chat. So good to see you as well. Reefer After Dark says, hey, late night JB. Yep. That's right. So this is something I wanted to talk about. I know, you know, some people, you know, may be like, you know, well, what do we do? And the thing is, is that one of the best things we do is to actually talk about these things. That's one thing. Leave it, you know, have have dialogue about this, you know, and continue to have these conversations. But it's not just limited to that. It's also 
you know, uh, looking to what the needs of the community are and trying to help each other with those needs. You know, mutual aid is a very powerful thing. And letting people know that it is not their fault that they're victims of a rigged system. It is not your fault. It is not your fault that you're working hard and you still can't afford a place to live. It is not your fault. It is not your fault that you cannot afford proper health care. It's not your fault. It is not your fault that you live in a food desert. That is not your fault. It is not your fault that you signed up to the military and fought for your country thinking that you will be able to reap the benefits of having housing and education and healthcare. And then your same government leaves you basically in the lurch as a veteran. And then they damage you mentally, emotionally, and physically for the sake of extracting resources from a poor and depressed people that never did a damn thing to bother you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you don't earn a living wage because guess what? The system is built that way. You did not make the signers of the Constitution favor wealthy white land-owning men or corporations, basically. You did not force your hand to make poverty basically the norm in this country. An extreme poverty, uh, uh, typical. You didn't do that. You're not the ones that are pushing for uh, these ultra-rich people to pay less taxes. It's not your fault. And then you'll have some people that will go and say, well, you should have just voted for the Democrats. While not realizing that the Democrats are pushing for the exact same things that keep us in the same perpetual cycle day in and day out for decades. So no, it is not your fault. But there is something that we can do. Each individual, we have our part. Part of it is through dialogue and helping to awaken the people that are around us. It's not easy and it's not sexy. But the thing is, is that it can be done. Planting seeds takes time. Watering, nurturing, so that it can germinate and grow. So that people realize the power that they really have. That's one of the things that we can do. Unfortunately, we have a lot that are against us. But as it always goes, the power of the people is the greatest power that we have. It's more power than any of these institutions. But we all just have to have the will to push for it. But that starts with some of us just taking the right step. So that's it. That was basically this impromptu stream. I just want to thank every single one of you guys for coming in. Uh, be sure to check out the JB show on RBN tomorrow at 1 p.m. And also be sure to check me out on this channel on Tuesday at 2 p.m. where I'll be having CJ from RBN, my comrade and colleague, on here to talk as well. So it is so good to see everybody in the chat. Let me check to see if there's anybody on Rockfin listening in. Oh, yes, there are people on Rockfin. So good to see all of you here. Jacob Greismer says, public speaking, i.e., how to be fake and not have a soul. Walk like the tube, eat like the tube, dress like the tube. Thank you so much. Um, let's 
So thank you very much for that as well. Um, Eagle Wing Turtle asks, says, policy question. How would you solve the poverty of the hood? Every time someone fixes things up, property taxes rise. So that's a very big question as far as solving the poverty of the hood. Really, the poverty of the hood is the poverty of any hood in any holler, basically, in these United States. I mean, the poverty of the hood is tied to like extracting what wealth that we have in these areas. And, you know, the, the governments that be, they'll give them straight to the police forces. Uh, a lot of times, you know, our schools and education system are paid for through property taxes. So, uh, you know, the better neighborhoods, you know, the more uh, affluent neighborhoods get more better schools and in the less least affluent neighborhoods get the, you know, the worst schools instead of it all being equal across the board. There's no, there's no equality or equity. Um, on top of that, you also have policies that are set in place that make it so that we are at a more disenfranchised state. So really, I mean, ultimately, like Rome tells you, us on RBN, the only true real way is actually true revolution. I am perfectly fine with saying that we live in a fascist system. I am really convinced of that. The problem is, is that people will think that I'm being hyperbolic by saying it because they'll they'll think, well, we're still able to vote. We're still able to, uh, we're still able to have free speech and things like that. But there's a lot of underpinnings of fascism that really people just to pay attention to because one of the ploys of a fascist system is to make people think that they actually have the freedoms so that they hand those freedoms, those same freedoms over. What has been happening lately, especially like here in Florida with Ron DeSantis, is we've actually been, actually those freedoms were handed over, especially by a majority of the people, by a lot of people who consider themselves to be conservative. They will wave the don't tread on me flag while allowing the state to tread on them because they think that the state is on their side when really the state has never been on their side. And so then guess what? Who do they really go after? They go after a lot of us, those of us who typically are on the left, those of us who actually are class conscious that really want to gather up the masses to actually fight for those of us who are workers and poor. Problem with the hood is basically the drug war, uh, the police, and the over-policing of the hood. The problem with the hood is that we're constantly being propagandized against our own interests. We're possibly constantly being brainwashed into thinking that, you know, everything is individualistic. And then on top of it, and yes, I'm going to go there, is that you have a lot of the ultra-religious parts of the Black church that constantly push this individualistic mindset. And on top of it, what they do is that they push this uh, this mindset that uh, if you're rich and you got it through exploitation of other people, including your own people, that God's blessed you. That's one of the other issues as well. Because you got the Creflo Dollars and the TG Jakes out there that are saying that, well, I'm rich because I'm blessed. No, you're rich because you're greedy. And that's the thing that people don't want to talk about. Especially a lot of older black people tend to fall for it. And they give their hard-earned money to these people thinking that they're going to actually going to get a blessing. When really, the only blessing that they really that, they, that really happened was the blessing of their hard-earned dollars going in to these people that actually end up going to these rich people who have basically used the gospel in order to lie to them. So that's what it is. And the thing is, is that a lot of us have left our, our revolutionary roots. In fact, it is actually 
gangs now have more have less involvement from police and less interference from police by doing criminal activity than they did by doing revolutionary activity by feeding people by providing for their communities and by you know giving uh education like for instance free lunch you know like for instance with the black panthers did the free breakfast programs they did uh free clinical programs they did clothing programs that that got interference from the local authorities as well as federal authorities but if you start gang banging and selling drugs and doing shootouts you actually get less interference from police interesting how that works so that's what it is how do you solve poverty out of the hood well you actually have to fight against capitalism and that's one of the main things but it also means having a class consciousness and and combining with people who may not be like us for instance you know we may have to team up with the poor whites right i'm not saying the racist ones i'm saying the poor whites the ones who are have been uh diverted you know by the rich elites as well into thinking that we're the problem the poor whites that think that the illegals are the problem the quote-unquote illegals right they've been propagandized they've been brainwashed too and the thing is that you have a lot of white people who are of marxist and leninist thought those who are more socialist thought who are actually doing the work of telling their fellow white people look the black people are not the problem the immigrants are not the problem the queer people are not the problem it is the elites it is the oppressive class that's the problem so they're doing the work of talking to their community Look, we're doing the work of talking to our communities, the black community, and telling up and telling them. And yes, you also have some black people that are also anti-immigrant too. Let's not sugarcoat shit. You have some black people that are very anti-immigrant. And then the only thing that they think will solve our problems is, oh, all we got to do is just get some reparations and boom, everything is good. No, you have to change the system at its root. That is also essential in order for us to make change. Yes, our reparation is important for us to actually achieve the equity that we deserve because it is owed, absolutely. But you also have to repair the system. That also has to be done. The system needs to be broken down and changed and created anew. So with that being said, when it comes to us Black people, we also have to remind each other of where we come from of the struggle that was brought about during the civil rights era because the because economic rights is a civil right it is it's never changed dr king established the poor people's campaign why because it was and is continues to continues to be a civil right And the problem is, is that we have walked away from that because they got at us. They got at us. They told us that we didn't need to do that. They put a black face in a high place and they said, oh, you got, see, you guys already achieved it. You guys don't need that. They put a black president in front of us and said, you guys don't need to fight anymore. They put a, a female black, uh, female vice president in front of us. They said, you don't need to do that anymore. They put black governors, black civil rights, uh, I'm sorry, not civil rights. Uh, they put uh, black legislators in front of us. They'll put a couple black billionaire faces in front of us and say, you guys don't need to do that. You're, you're good. You're okay. We gonna be all right. When we're still not. I think that's what we need to focus in on. Uh, Eagle Wing Turtle continues, says a lot of people think there will be a rich savior to come and fix up our cities, but they just hollow them out more. We have the skills and stuff we need to fix up our infrastructure and social issues. Uh, when poor people fix up the neighborhood, the city is like, okay, so you're rich now. 
Yeah, but the thing is, is that no, that the thing is, is shit. I'm gonna say it. The stolen wealth needs to be taken back. It needs to be seized from the people who stole it from us in the first place. Yep, that's right. It was stolen from us. And it needs to be taken back. But it has to be done through a class effort. And when it's done through that, then we'll get it all back. But it has to be seized. I don't say tax to billionaires and make them pay their fair share because billionaires shouldn't exist in the first place. As long as there's somebody that's sleeping on the streets because of a system that is rigged, then nobody else should have a second home. I'm a firm believer that if you go to a cookout and if you eat your first plate, you should wait till everybody else gets their servings first and then you can get your seconds. If there's enough for everybody else. I don't believe in, in taking and continuously take from others. That's not right. And people will say, oh, well, it's a personal decision. No, being poor, being in poverty is not a personal decision. It is a systemic decision. It is not a moral failing. It is a systemic failing. People don't choose to be that way. People generally actually do want to work. But the problem is, is that there's a system that really disenfranchises people from actually being able to, to thrive, even to survive. So Kat Terrell says, JB, I've been seeing a lot of anti-immigrant sentiments from former immigrants too. Unfortunately, that is also true. And I like to call that pulling up the ladder behind you. So yeah, unfortunately that happens as well. It's sad, but that's that individualistic mindset once again. And also a lot of people are immigrants because of the destabilization in their countries due to the policies of the United States. Crazy as it sounds, I think the immigration act numbers would actually lower if we stopped doing the destabilization in the global south and in African nations and actually started helping people to build up their own nations, kind of sort of the way China does. Now, China is not the perfect example because China also isn't perfect and China does have their sins, but they're a lot less worse than the United States when it comes to you know, foreign governments. That being said, the United States could just leave these countries to F alone and let them build themselves up, including countries like Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba, and let them be. But because they're socialist countries, then the United States doesn't want to do that because then people will start to look at it and be like, well, why can't we do that here? And then next thing you know, people start getting ideas. So, yeah. But I do think, even though I, I, you know, I love immigrants because, you know, and I, truth be told, I don't think we should have national borders anyway because that's stupid because we all live on a planet. And if you look at the earth, there's no actual borders when you look at the actual ground. But anyways, I digress. But, you know, people will be less likely to move away if they got it good. Will we have more vacationing here? Probably, yeah. Because the United States, as you know, the, the, the country, is actually a very beautiful country. But as far as people moving here, it probably wouldn't be that much. It wouldn't be as many people because if you like, let's for instance, people from Honduras, people from Haiti, if they actually had it good in their country, if the United States wasn't destabilizing these countries the way they do, if, if things were actually a lot better, they wouldn't see a need to leave. They would probably visit more, but they probably wouldn't move here. 
because everything's good. They got their families there. They got their friends there. They got the people that they grew up with there. But at the same time, love to have you. And if you want to move, great. Because humans, the right to freedom of movement, I think is a right that humans all should have. But that's part of my brain moving towards the left, towards communism, because that's the way I feel. But, yeah. Yes, more refugees than actual by choice immigrants. Catcherell says, yes, thank you very much. Uh, Yasmin, good to see you. Says 100% JB, if USA stopped messing with other countries, immigration would lessen here. But being a child of immigrants, I don't understand immigrants hating on other immigrants. That's so selfish. I think, you know what? And this is going to be something I'm also going to say. I think that immigrants are also brainwashed by the individualistic type of propaganda that the United States pushes their way to. The United States brainwashed a lot of immigrants abroad thinking that the United States was this, this beautiful country that is going to, you know, lift you out of all this poverty and suffering when next thing you know, you get here and it's not what it's cracked up to be. And then on top of that, they, they brainwash a lot of immigrants, not only into coming here so that they can continue to work and labor and have their labor stolen by the oligarchs. But on top of that, the same people who come here, now they're brainwashed into thinking, well, all we have to be is individualistic. We can take collectivism, collaboration, cooperation, and throw it out the window and just work for our, and, you know, look out for us and not anybody else, and we can make it. When that is not the case either in this country, I, you know, in, in the same, the same vein. And so a lot of people who are immigrants are also, are also bamboozled into thinking that, you know, all you have to do is work hard and you can achieve anything you want in this country when really that's not the case because you literally have to be born rich in order to really truly achieve in this country. Because anybody who's an immigrant that actually truly made it is the exception, not the rule. Because I, I, I would, dare I say, there's a lot of super poor people in these countries that have not, that don't have the ability to move here that guess what? If they had the ability to move here, they wouldn't have been poor. And if they're not poor there, then they wouldn't be poor here. And if they barely made it over here, well, guess what? They're still struggling. And then the ones who who actually made it, they're the exceptions, not the rule. Yasmin continues, says, if you... Like, if you think about it, too, the USA always gives deals to people of foreign countries to spy on their own, too, for a chance to move to the USA. Military industrial complex is disgusting. Yasmin continues, says, 100% with that brainwashed sentiment. Family back in Africa think we can send them money all the time to help out, but it's like we're probably as poor as you guys. That is something that's, yeah, thank you so much for also including that in, because and as the United States continues this downward spiral in late stage capitalism, then what happens is you think that you can help out your families, but then by the time you get here, you're kind of stuck. And you then, on top of it, you're watching your family still suffer abroad while you can't really help them out yourself. And it's kind of like you're stuck. And it's sad because that's the way the system operates. Because they're extracting so many resources from you, so much wealth from you, that you can't even help out your family abroad. Eagle Wing Turtle says, do you know what TIDs or TIF districts are? Tax incremental financial finance districts. I am not aware. I, I apologize. I'm still I'm still learning. I'm still a student. So uh, I, I'm I'm still learning. But um yeah. Is it a means of like tax exemption or something like that? I'm not exactly sure. But yeah. But it is 11.39 and it is past my bedtime. Um, but I do want to give a shout out and thank you to everybody who's watching. 
Uh, Rory O'Neill, so good to see you also on Rockfin. And uh, let me see, Eagle Wing Turtle says, it has been it has been a main scam to scam off public schools to give to private businesses in the, in the name of raising property values to supposedly bring more money to school districts. Look, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it to you like this. I say the funding for school districts put it on the federal government, slash the military budget, and then for a time, equitably raise the standards of all the schools within the United States to all the same level. Then once they're all at the same levels, then equally give every single school the same money proportionate for every single student. So if you're going to be doing like, let's say $1,400 per student each year, no, no, let's say you're doing $2,500 per student every single year or every single school year per student, I want that to be from the kids in Kentucky to the kids in New York to the kids in Arizona to the kids in Wisconsin. Every single student has that proportionately. Or let, let if you guys want to do it more uh, as a, a as you know as far as the cost of living is concerned, you guys can do it that way. But it needs to be where all the kids can get an equal footing as far as education. K through 16, at the least, really, to be honest with you, and maybe this is the extreme left in me, but I say even up to graduate school should be tuition free. Because we need more people who are engineers and doctors and people who are uh, who, who can, and, and then on top of that, people who can do the vocations of masonry and woodworking uh, and metalwork and electricians and things like that. We need them too. That's me. But I think that the education system is wholly inadequate and it should be completely revamped. And also, we also need to start teaching the way kids learn and have schools that operate in such a way where it adapts to different types of kids learning. Some kids learn better at night. And also, why are we sending teenagers to high school at, you know, 6.30, a.m. in the morning when teenagers typically have a circadian rhythm that is more conducive to learning in the evenings? But it's because, well, we're teaching kids to be laborers and workers, not actually for and to be compliant, not really for the actual of educating them with critical thought. Because we live in a capitalist system and it doesn't revolve around the human condition, it revolves around the condition for people to make profit. You know, that's basically what it's about. Catcherell says, I've been skimming, skimming from city officials with public works projects. Contractors get skim funds as well if they're related to or friends with said officials. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conflicts of interest that happen. So, yeah. But listen, I got to go. It, it's late. I got to get to bed. And plus, I got a stream to do tomorrow. Uh, but I just want to thank everybody for watching. This was a very good stream a lot of great responses a lot of great questions thank you so much what do you think you know put in the comments what do you think about what what chris uh what kevin hart i almost called him chris rock sorry but what do you think about what kevin hart said what you know did he did what he say resonate with you do you think that it, it is capitalism or are you somebody who is a capitalist and thinks well no you know capitalism has been good for all of us so you know, it should, you know, that is just ego. I, you know, I disagree and I think you're wrong, but, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think that it is definitely capitalism, which also fuels the ego because it makes people think that they're better than everybody else because it facilitates that, it exacerbates it. But that's my brain. 
But I want you all to water your plants, water yourselves, leave the world better than you found it, smoke them if you got them, and oh, I want to dance with somebody, I want to feel the heat with somebody, yeah, I want to dance with somebody, with somebody who loves me.